Please take your Bible, turn with me to the Old Testament book of Daniel. We're going to look at one verse today, Daniel chapter 10, verse 19. And let me encourage those of you who are watching us right now online, please, you have some sort of shared device there with you. I hope that you'll hit that button right now and let this broadcast around the world. It would shock you how many people say, I didn't know about it, but apparently somebody put it out on the media, social media or wherever, and I was able to look at it. So do that right now if you will. Well, we've begun a new year, 2021. I don't think we'll ever forget 2020, do you? I believe that uh, that one will live a long time in our hearts and our minds. And at the beginning of this new year, I want to begin a five-sermon series of messages. And I want to call the series, As for Me and My House. Of course, if you know anything about the Old Testament and Scripture, those words came from a very famous quote from Joshua. Joshua, the great leader that followed the greatest leader, perhaps in the Old Testament, Moses, and uh, imagine following a man like Moses. It would be like following somebody like Bear Bryant or even Nick Saban, whoever's going to follow that. You, you don't want to follow people like that sometimes, but you have to sometimes. And Joshua followed a great leader. And he went into the promised land. Moses led them up to the promised land. Then Joshua led the people into the promised land. And they were taking the cities one by one. And it became a little bit more of a task than a lot of the people had bargained for. And they became discouraged. And they started to say, you know, we, we don't know if we'll be, able to, we'll be able to take this land or not. And they started slowing down in their work. And they were not accomplishing what God wanted them to do. So the leader, Joshua, brought them all together and said these famous words in Joshua 24, verse 15. If it's disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Well, he just laid it on the line, did he not? And then he gives some, them some options. He said, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river. That is, if you want to go back and worship the old pagan gods that some of your fathers worshipped when they lived back in Egypt, go ahead. And then he said, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. The Canaanites worshipped many gods. The Amorites were part of the Canaanites, the, the people who inhabited Canaan, the promised land. He said, if you want to worship these pagan gods around here, do that. If you want to go back, worship in Egypt, go. If you want to worship the pagan gods here, fine. But, now listen to these words. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Don't you love that? Don't you love it? He says, choose which side you're on. And I'm telling you, when it comes to the Lord, you're either with him or you are against him. You need to choose who you're going to to serve and follow in this life? Will it be Jesus or will it be the world? The Bible says that Christians are to follow Jesus with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Choose today whom you will serve. As for me and my house, as the Gaines family, we will serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to talk to you about that. We need to have laser focus and absolute dedication to the kingdom of God through the Lord Jesus Christ as Christians. And if we're going to do that, there are at least five disciplines we need to latch on to. And no matter what the culture does, no matter what America does or the world does, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, number one, we're going to believe the Bible and take in Scripture on a regular basis. We're going to love and to live in the Word of God. Number two, we're going to pray. We're going to pray like it matters. We're going to call out to God. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. We're going to seek the hand of God in our lives. We're going to read the Bible. We're going to pray. We're going to fellowship with other Christians. We're going to have 
intimate times with brothers and sisters, and we're going to love the Lord together in the family of God. And then number four, we're going to verbally share the gospel with lost people. We're going to witness and tell people the greatest news they'll ever hear, that Jesus Christ can pull them out of the miry clay, set their feet on a rock, put a new song in their heart, a song of praise to their God. We're going to witness. And then Fifthly, we're going to give financially to our local church so that we can not only reach Memphis and Shelby County and the Mid-South with the gospel, but we can take the gospel to the whole world. So as for us and our house, we are going to serve the Lord. We are going to be in Scripture. We're going to pray. We're going to fellowship with believers. We're going to witness to lost people, and we're going to give financially and support the ministry of our local church. That's what I'm talking to you about starting today for the next five weeks. And I believe it's going to be a great time together. Now, the title of the message today is, I Will Embrace God's Word. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless this time. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. First thing is, let's look at the text, Daniel chapter 10. Verse 19, he said, now who is he? I believe it was the pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ. O man of high esteem, he's talking to Daniel, do not be afraid. Peace be with you. Take courage. Be courageous. Now, as soon as he spoke to me, that is, as soon as I heard the word from God, I received strength and said, may my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Let's talk about our need for Scripture, our need for the Word of God. First of all, in 2021, as for me and my house, we will embrace God's Word because God speaks exact words. He speaks exact words, precisely what we need. Look at verse 19. He said, O man of high esteem, don't be afraid. Peace be with you. He's talking to Daniel. Take courage and be courageous. Now, as soon as he spoke to me, Daniel said, I received strength and said, may my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. It's obvious that this was a specific, clear word from God to Daniel. O man of high esteem, don't be afraid. Peace, shalom be upon you. Take courage, be courageous. It wasn't a word specifically spoken to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his buddies. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that's their Babylonian names, but their original names, their Hebrew names, were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But God, even though he could have been speaking to them. He spoke this word precisely, specifically, exactly to Daniel. He gave him hope by giving him an exact word. Has God ever done that for you? I can remember back in the early days of 1984, our son who was about a year and a half, a little bit more than a year and a half old. He got sick, started bruising, took him to the pediatrician there in Texas where we lived. And the pediatrician said, well, I hate to say this to you, but you need to go take him to the children's hospital in Fort Worth. They need to test him to see if he has leukemia. That rocked our world. We were devastated. Went home, called all of our deacons. They came over to our house. I'll never forget them anointing little Grant, not quite two years old. He's 37 now, a preacher in Murfreesboro. And they anointed him with all, prayed for him. We stayed up all night. Donna finally went to sleep. In the wee hours of the morning, I stayed up. I couldn't sleep. Four o'clock in the morning, I picked up my Bible, and I was reading through the Bible. I've done that for years, decades now. And I just picked right back up 
where I had left off the day before. And I was reading in Exodus chapter 14, 13 through 14, and God gave me a specific, exact promise from His Word. I was just reading. I wasn't looking for this. I wasn't trying to find some promise. God just gave it to me as I read the Word of God. But Moses said to the people, Exodus 14, 13 and 14, don't be afraid. Do not fear. Stand by. See the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. And when I read that, I had what I call holy heartburn. I mean, the Word of God came off of the pages of an ancient godly book, book of God, and burned into my soul. And I knew somehow deep down in my soul that even though I was concerned, the fear vanished. It was an exact word from God. And I believed God, and I wrote it down on a card, memorized it that day. And I just believed that God was going to give us victory that day when we went to Children's Hospital. And sure enough, when we walked out of there that day, he didn't have leukemia. He had ITP, and they said he'll be over it within a year, and he was. And again, as I said a moment ago, he's almost 38 now, and he's preaching the gospel. And I thank God for that, but I really thank God the promise that he gave me just when I needed it. It burned in my heart. It reminds me of those disciples who came in contact with the resurrected Lord Jesus at Emmaus. And once Jesus spoke to him, to them, they said in Luke 24, 32, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us, you say, well, I don't believe God works that way. Well, you can say whatever you want to, but I'm telling you, God takes the Word of God, the Logos, and gives us a promise, a rhema. And if God has ever done that for you, you'll know it. God spoke an exact word to me. God will speak an exact, precise, specific word to you as you read the Bible. Now, how does God speak. Well, he speaks through creation, does he not? Didn't the psalmist say in Psalm 19 verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. We know there has to be a creator because there is a creation. I mean, I can't even look at the stars at night and not believe in God. I, you have to have a lot more faith to be an atheist than you do to be a theist, someone who believes in God. You, you have to have a lot more faith to be someone who doesn't believe in God, an atheist, than to be a theist believing in God. Because you look out in the heavens and you see the, all this beautiful creation. You see these sunset and you say, this didn't just happen. No, this is not the result of random chance. There is a creator because there's a creation. So God speaks through his creation. He also speaks through our conscience. We know whether we're saved or not, whether we know Jesus or not, some things are right and some things are wrong. We know that because of our conscience. Paul talked about that in Romans 2 verses 14 and 15. He said, even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they're doing right. Now, you know that it's right and you know that it's wrong when you're doing things. You know it's right to treat people kindly. You know it's wrong to be abusive to people. You know that it's right for somebody not to steal from you, and that it's wrong when they steal from you. You know, it's right not to do certain things and to do other things. Uh, you just know these things. Why? Conscience. Conscience. So God speaks through our conscience. He speaks through the creation, but ultimately He speaks through Christ. Jesus is the greatest word from God because Jesus is God, the Son. Hebrews begins with this 
text in Hebrews 1, verses 1 and 2, long ago God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, God has spoken to us through His Son. That's Jesus Christ. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son He has created the universe. So God has spoken to us through Jesus ultimately. But the sacred scriptures are another way. The canon of scripture is another way that God speaks to us. The Bible says about itself in 2 Timothy 3, verses 15 and following, you've been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture, Paul says, is inspired by God. Literally, it is God breathed and is useful to teach us what is true, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses it, that is the Scriptures, to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. The same Holy Spirit, Christian, who lives in you is the one who inspired these words in this book we call the Bible. When God speaks to you, many times it will be an exact, precise, specific word for you. When you read the Bible, you'll see that. Stop reading the Bible like it's some ancient history book and start reading it like it's a letter of love from God your Father to you, His beloved child. I'm telling you, God is a talker. God is a talker, and He will speak to you through the Bible. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you guidance. He'll give you insight. He will speak to you a precise, exact word, and it will be a blessing to you. Not only do I believe God speaks exact words, but in 2020, I will embrace God's word because God speaks encouraging words. Don't you need a little encouragement? I tell you, if, if ever we need it, it's, it's after coming off of 2020 and as we go into 2021, we need encouragement coming off of this election cycle and everything else. Oh, how we need encouragement. And God gave that to Daniel. The Bible says in verse 19, he said, O man of high esteem, do not be afraid. Peace be with you. Take courage and be courageous. Four expressions of encouragement. Now, when I'm talking about encouragement, God puts courage back into us. That's encouragement. Discouragement is when the world and the flesh and the devil takes courage out of us. Oh, we need courage to live for Jesus. And Daniel received it. He received it in several ways. He received it through this text. Now, uh, we know that Daniel was struggling. He was fasting. He was praying. We read contextually in Daniel chapter 10, verses 1 through 3, what's going on with him. It says, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel whose name was Belteshazzar. That's his Babylonian name. And the message was true and one of great conflict. That word conflict is the word for army or war or warfare. And what he was seeing is there's this battle, there's this war in the spirit realm that is going on. That's what was going on with him. But he understood the message, and he had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, had been mourning for three entire weeks. I did not eat any tasty food, nor did meat or wine enter my mouth, nor did I use any ointment at all until the entire three weeks were completed. He did not take a bath. He did not eat. He did not drink any special foods or obviously had to have water, but no wine, anything like that, because he was fasting. And while he was fasting, this divine figure came to speak to him. And again, I believe it was the pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ. You say, what do you mean by pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is eternal. We just celebrated Christmas. Yes, that's the birth of the baby Jesus, but Jesus existed before he was born in Bethlehem as God the Son through eternity past. He has never had a beginning. He has never will have an end. Jesus is eternal, just like God the Father is eternal. He's God the Son, and He's eternal. And the Holy Spirit is eternal as well. The entire Trinity is eternal. 
But he starts seeing, Daniel starts seeing this spiritual warfare that's going on. If you read verse 20 after our text, Daniel 10 verse 19, if you read 10 20, you'll hear about two demonic strongmen who are over nations, the, the prince of Persia and the prince of Greece. These are demonic spirits and God is fighting them with his angels and Jesus is leading them. And in all of this, God speaks an encouraging word in the middle of all this spiritual warfare that's going on out there. And by the way, it's still going on. What happens in the spirit realm manifests itself, manifests itself in the physical realm. The battle going on out there determines what happens on this earth. And so here you've got him. He needs encouragement. God gives him four phrases. Oh, man of high esteem. You know what it means? Precious one. Daniel, you are precious to me. I know that you mourn your parents who were killed in Jerusalem when the Babylonians came and took you away as a teenager. I know you mourn the fact that they turned you into a eunuch. They emasculated you. I know that you mourn not having a wife, not having a family. I know that you mourn. I know it's been tough living in this place, longing to be in the Holy Land and in Jerusalem again. I see you every day, son. I see you. I've seen you for over 50, 60 years. I see you praying every day. Oh, son, you are highly esteemed in my sight. Wouldn't you love God to say that to you? Well, if you know Jesus, he says that to you. You are precious to me. Don't you know that encouraged him? And then he says, don't be afraid. I was told years ago that in the Bible there are 365 do not be afraids. That phrase appears, someone told me, 365 times. I've never counted it. I don't know. But I know this. It occurs a lot of times. God is constantly saying to his children through his word, don't be afraid. One of my favorite verses that helps me know that God doesn't want me to live in fear is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. You ought to write that one down. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't be anxious for anything. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer, and supplication, that's real intense prayer, fervent prayer. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace, the shalom of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts. That's your, that's your feelings. And then your thoughts. That's, your, that's your, your mind in Christ Jesus. God's going to get your feelings and your thoughts together, and he's going to put peace in them. And then... Not only did he say, don't be afraid, and oh man of high esteem, precious one, but he said, peace be with you. Shalom. Shalom. It may be that he was speaking what we call the ironic blessing over Daniel. You need to know this. It comes from Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his shalom. How do you think that made him feel? Don't you know that he was being encouraged? Sure he was. And then God just laid it on the line. He said, Daniel, take courage and be courageous. Notice that he had to take it before he could be it. We can't be courageous unless we by faith take courage courage. You have to take it through believing prayer. You have to reach out and take it again. Discouragement, God never discourages. If you're discouraged, that's from the devil. That's not from God. God doesn't take courage out of you. God encourages you. He puts courage back into you. And God was saying, son, reach out by faith and take courage, and then you can be courageous. Again, don't you know this was such a blessing to Daniel who was living and he'd lived to be over 80 years old and he was off in a different country and all these years he'd been faithful to God, crying out to him three times a day. He needed encouragement too, just like you and I do. You know, I know of another man that I read about in the Bible. I've already spoken about him at the beginning of the sermon, Joshua. 
Again, it had to be hard to follow a great leader like Moses. I mean, Moses is the guy that God gave the Ten Commandments to. That's pretty strong stuff right there. How are you going to follow somebody like that? But the Bible says that Moses died. You know what? Great leaders come and go, but God stays right with the focus. And God said, now, Joshua, you're my leader. And here's the promise that God gave to Joshua after Moses died. Joshua 1, verses 5 and following, he talks about courage and encouragement. No man will be able to stand before you, Joshua, all the days of your life. Just as I've been with Moses, I'll be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Now look, verse 6, be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only, verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law, talking about the books that Moses had written, the Torah, this book of the law, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you? And one more time, this is the third time he's going to say it, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble. Don't be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want you to know, Christian, God loves you just as much as he loved Joshua when he encouraged you. God loves you just as much as he loves Daniel when he encouraged him. And God, if you will just spend time in the Word of God, reading the Bible, memorizing the Bible, I'm going to tell you, I don't know about, I don't know what it is, but Scripture memory burns the promises of God down in my soul better than anything I know. Reading the Bible, memorizing the Bible, listening to the Bible taught and preached, that's what you're doing right now. Meditating on all of this, somehow, some way, God encourages us. I'm telling you, God is a talker. It's not a matter of is he talking, it's a matter of are you listening. The reason some of you don't have a word from God is you don't listen. You don't read the Bible. You don't take in Scripture. You're all over social media. You're all over emails and texts and phone calls and all this. You're communicating this way, great, but you're not this way, very good. You need to get off of those other things, put down some of the books of the week and books of the month and pick up the book of the ages and get the Word of God in you. It will encourage you. And then, not only does God speak an encouraging word, but in 2021, as for the Gaines family, as for me and my house, we're going to embrace God's Word. Why? Because thirdly, God speaks empowering words, words that put power back in us. Look at chapter uh, or verse 19 again. Now, as soon as he spoke to me, I received strength. And then later on, he said, you have strengthened me. Where do we get spiritual power? Daniel received his strength from the powerful Word of God. God's Word is powerful. Like Jesus in the wilderness, Daniel had been fasting. Jesus fasted, you might remember, 40 days. Here we see that Daniel was fasting for 21 days, and he felt weak. Daniel also felt weak because Jesus, the pre-incarnate Christ, had appeared to him, and it really put a holy fear in him, and he fell down in weakness. We read about it in Daniel 10, again, verses 5 through 12. He said, I lifted up my eyes. I looked. Behold, there was a certain man, that's the pre-incarnate Christ, dressed in linen, whose waist was girded with a belt of pure gold of Euphaz. By the way, this description of the pre-incarnate Christ is exactly, almost word for word, how he's described the, 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 the post-resurrection of Jesus, the exalted Christ in the book of Revelation. His body also was like beryl. His face had the appearance of lightning, 
John said in Revelation that he had eyes like fire. His eyes were like flaming torches, his arms and feet like the gleam of polished bronze, the sound of his words like the sound of a tumult. John said, rushing waters, living water. Now I, Daniel, alone saw the vision while the men who were with me did not see the vision. Nevertheless, a great dread fell upon them and they ran and hid themselves. So I was left all alone and saw this great vision, yet no strength was left in me and my natural color turned to a deathly paler and I retained no strength. But I heard the sound of his words and as soon as I heard the sound of his words, I fell into a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground and behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said to me, O Daniel, man of high esteem, understand the words that I am about to tell you and stand upright for I have now been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, don't be afraid, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart. I, this blesses my heart. I just got to tell you, from the first day you set your heart on understanding this, that is this word and this vision, and on humbling yourself, that is fasting yourself before God. Your words were heard, and I have come in response to your words. I Listen, a lot of times we pray, and we don't think it's getting past the roof. But I'm telling you, from the moment you pray, God starts to bring the answer. He said, from the moment you started praying, Daniel, I was working. Daniel needed spiritual strength, and God gave him empowering words. I'll tell you somebody else in the Old Testament God gave empowering words when he needed strength. And that was a man a lot like Daniel. And that's the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah, like Daniel, never married. Jeremiah, like Daniel, lived in a very pagan culture. Jeremiah, like Daniel, needed the strength. And it only came through God's word. One of my favorite verses in the book of Jeremiah is Jeremiah 15, 16. I memorized it years ago out of the King James Bible. Now listen to what he says. Basically what he's saying is, Jeremiah says, Lord, even as physical food is good for me physically and strengthens me physically, so your word strengthens me spiritually. He said, he's talking to God now. Jeremiah 15, 16, thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. I consumed the Word of God. I was going over a scripture memory card yesterday while I was working out. Revelation 10, 10. John said, I took the little book, the Word of God, out of the angel's hand and I ate it. It's exactly what we're supposed to do. I've got a book on my desk somebody just sent to me about eating the Word of God, taking in scripture consuming the Word of God because it empowers us. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 28, strengthen me according to your Word. Just like food gives you physical strength, the Word of God gives you spiritual strength. Are you weary and well-doing, Christian? Are you a weary warrior? Go to the Word. Get in the Word. Eat the Scriptures. Devour them. Take them in. Moses said in Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, He humbled you. God humbled you. He let you go hungry. He fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone. But man lives. Now listen. This is the verse that Jesus quoted when the devil tempted him to eat and to break his fast. He said, man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Jesus had food to eat that the world didn't know anything about, John chapter 4. And we have food to eat that the world, lost people don't know anything about. We eat, we thrive on the strength of the Word of God. Job, the man that was so, so weary and so devastated, his family, his children, all ten of his children, had been killed in a tornado. He lost everything. And yet he said in Job 23, verse 12, I have not departed from the command of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. 
Peter said, you Christians out there, you need to love the Bible the way a little baby loves milk. He said in 1 Peter 2, 2, like newborn babies, long yearn for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Are you feeling weak right now, Christian? Do you feel like you've had your strength sapped through 2020? Maybe you're living alone. You're discouraged. You're weak. Get in the Word of God and get the Word of God in your mind, in your spirit. Read this book until it reads you. Read this book until it's burning deep in your soul. You get your strength from the Bible. You'll be doing like, be talking like Daniel. I received strength. You have strengthened me. Read it every day. Listen to biblical sermons and biblical teaching. Be involved in a discipleship group that studies the Bible. Memorize the Word. Meditate on the Word. God's a talker. God's a talker. He's talking. He'll speak to you through the Bible. He'll empower you. Well, I don't know about you, but as for me and my house in 2021, I'm going to embrace the Word of God. Why? Because God speaks exact words, encouraging words, empowering words. And one more thing, in 2021... I, Steve Gaines, I'm going to embrace God's Word because God speaks engaging words. He speaks words, and once you taste of that, you want some more. Look at verse 19. Now, as soon as he spoke to me, I received strength and said, May my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Did you catch that? As soon as he spoke to me, I received strength and said, May my Lord speak. Here's what he's saying. I want some more of that. I want some more of that. God's Word, His words were spiritually appealing to Daniel. Once he heard God speak, he wanted God to speak more. I've been there. I've done that. Man, when God speaks to you from His Word or through an inner prompting, you want more of that. Lord, it refreshes my soul. Daniel had to have been saying, to hear you say that I'm a man of high esteem, that I'm precious to you. To hear you say, don't be afraid. To hear you say, peace, shalom be with you. To hear you say, take courage and be courageous. Lord, I could use some more of that. I need that. Oh God, speak. Your words are engaging to me. The more you speak, the more I want you to speak. Daniel was obsessed with the Word of God because it tasted good. He wanted some more of it. Now, we just came through Christmas. I put on a, about three or four pounds. And one reason is because there's a lady in our church that brings us toffee. Now, I didn't say coffee. I said toffee. If you don't know what it is, it's good stuff. And this lady, I don't know what she puts in there. All I know is when I go to that and I open that bag, I know that not just one piece is going down. I'm going to want some more of that. I want to say this to you. As sweet as that toffee is, as wonderful as that toffee is, <laughs> that's nothing compared to this. When I go to this book and I read the Word of God, it is sweetness to my soul. The psalmist said that in Psalm 119, 103. How sweet are your words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I want to say this to you, and I don't want to be negative, but that's one reason. You know, when I read the Bible, I know that it's not a book written just by man. It's a, a book written from God through men. I, I've looked at the Book of Mormon. It's obviously, it's just a book of man. I've looked at the Quran. It's obviously, it's, it's just a book of man. Muhammad wrote that. God didn't write it. And same with the Book of Mormon. But when I look at the Bible, Old and New Testament, I know God Almighty penned these words through inspired men. And I'm reading the infallible, inspired, inerrant Word of God. 
And I know the difference between this and a regular book written by men. Some of you read all the time, but you never read the Word of God. Some of you children, you've started to read, but you never read the Word of God. I want to encourage you. It's okay to read other books. I read other books. I've got a book right now that I'm reading. I just finished another book. I'll read another book after that, but I won't say every day I'm going to read the Bible because I need it. I've read it through literally dozens of times. I'm not trying to impress you. I've read it through dozens of times. The good thing about it is the more you read it, the more you want to read it. The more you take it in, the more you want to take it in. Why? Because it's given by God through men. It's not written just by men. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scriptures inspired by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. I love what Peter said about the inspiration of the Bible. He said in 2 Peter chapter 1, 20 and 21, above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding. Man didn't make this up or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved. I love that, moved by the Holy Spirit. They spoke from God. God is a talker. And when you take in Scripture, when you taste Scripture, it is sweet to your soul. And you know that His words are engaging. Leviticus 18.5 says, So you shall keep my statutes and my judgments. That's the Word of God. By which a man may live if he does them. I am the Lord. I love Deuteronomy 32.44. 46 and 47. He's, he said to them, Take to your heart all the words with which I am commanding you, warning you today, that you shall command your sons to observe them carefully, even all the words of this law. Moses is speaking. I love this. For it's not an idle word for you. Indeed, it is your life. It's your life. I can't live without physical food, but I can't live without the Bible. It is life to me. I want to say this to you. If you rarely read the Bible, you'll be a very weak, impotent Christian. If you rarely eat food, you'll be a weak human being physically. If you rarely read the Bible, you will be a very weak Christian. And I want to say this to you. If you stop eating food, sooner or later you're going to die. And you look at me, strong word coming up. I say it in love, but I say it. If you never read the Bible, it's because you're spiritually dead. You are not saved. If you never read the Bible, look at me. You don't know the Lord. You're not saved. You say, oh, well, I prayed. I, I don't care what happened to you. I don't care. And none, none of that matters. You have no fruit if you're not reading the Bible. I'm not saying if you hadn't read it in the last week or two. I'm talking about if you can go years without reading the Bible, you're dead spiritually. You're dead. You need to be saved today. People that love Jesus read the Word of God. John Wesley, great founder of the Methodist Church. I don't believe in all of his theology. I sure don't believe in what he believed about perfectionism. But I have come to admire him as a man of God. He preached for over 50 years in England. And during his lifetime in the 1700s, God sent a great awakening there through him and some other preachers that were preaching, George Whitfield, others. But John Wesley was brilliant. He could literally talk to his brother, Charles. They would talk to one another in Latin. He taught languages and theology and Bible at the University of Oxford. I'm not talking about Ole Miss. I'm talking about the real Oxford. He was brilliant. But God got a hold of his life, and he became an itinerant preacher he rode over a quarter of a million miles on horseback, preaching the gospel all over England. He would, had a circuit, and he would go, just like Elijah had a circuit. He would ride his circuit. And while he was riding, he was reading his Greek New Testament. What a picture. But he said, 
Even though I have written many books and I've read many books, there's one book that stands out above all, the Bible. He said, to candid, reasonable men, I'm not afraid to lay open what have been the inmost thoughts of my heart. I have thought I am a creature of a day passing through life as an era through the air. I'm a spirit come from God. I'm returning to God, just hovering over the great gulf till a few moments hence I am no more seen. I drop into an unchangeable eternity. I want to know one thing, the way to heaven, how to land safe on that happy shore above. God himself has condescended to teach the way. For this very end he came from heaven. He hath written it down in a book. Now listen. Oh, give me that book at any price. Give me the book of God. Oh, I have it. Here is knowledge enough for me. Let me be homo unius libre, a man of one book. Oh, he read other books. He wrote other books. But he said, this is the book of books because it's the book of God. I don't know about you. I don't know about your family. But I can tell you this, like Joshua, as for me and my house, we're going to embrace the Word of God in 2021. I've been living for Christ a long time, well over four decades. I've been living in His Word for a long time. But I am not stopping now. I will embrace this book in 2021 more than I ever have. I will read it. I will study it, I will memorize it, I will meditate upon it, I will pray it, and I will try my best through the power of the Holy Spirit to obey it. As for me and my house, we will embrace the Word of God. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us now. Help those who need to be saved to be born again. Help those who are saved to embrace the inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you don't know the Lord, you can't understand His book. It's a love letter written to Christians, and if you're not a Christian, you'll be reading somebody else's mail if you read the Bible. You need to be saved. How do you get saved? Well, just very quickly, it's not complicated. First of all, you repent of your sins. You turn. You do a U-turn a spiritual 180 and say, I'm, I'm going to stop living for myself and I'm going to start living for Christ. I turn from my sin and selfish ways and I turn toward the Lord. You've got to repent. Jesus said twice in Luke 13, if you don't repent, you go to hell. If you've never repented, you're lost. I don't care if you're a member of the church. I don't care if you're a preacher. If you've never repented, you're lost. You've got to repent. Number two, you've got to believe. You've got to believe in your soul that Jesus died for your sins, that he paid the penalty for your sin on the cross, that he died as an atoning sacrifice, shed his blood so that you could be saved. You've got to believe that. Then you've got to believe that though they buried him, that he rose bodily from the grave. You've got to believe that Jesus rose from the dead or you cannot be saved. If Jesus is somewhere still in a, womb, in a, a tomb, then you're not saved. If you believe that, you're not saved. You've got to believe that he died for you, that he rose from the dead. You've got to repent, and you've got to believe. And then thirdly, you've got to receive. You've got to invite Jesus to come into your life, to willfully, volitionally, volitionally pray and ask Him to come in. The Bible calls that calling upon the name of the Lord. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, just praying a prayer doesn't save you, but you can't get saved without prayer. You've got to call on the name of the Lord. Just praying some words that you don't mean, that doesn't save you. But if you'll mean what you're saying, God will save you right now. I can lead you in a prayer. And again, if you just mouth words, that doesn't save you. Nothing magical about this. But it is a way that you can be saved. You can call upon the name of the Lord. I can lead you just like I've led, I don't know, dozens and dozens and dozens of people in their wedding vows over the years and performing wedding ceremonies. I can lead you in your vows to God. You can be saved. You've got to repent, believe, and receive you do that now? Pray something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. You are the only Savior.
Right now, I repent. I turn from my sins. I turn to you. I turn from my selfishness. I turn to you. I repent. I believe you died on the cross. And when you died on the cross, you paid the penalty for my sin. I believe that they buried you. You were really dead. But I believe you rose bodily, victoriously from the grave. I believe you are alive, Jesus Christ. So I repent and I believe and now I receive you. I call on your name. Come into my life right now. Save me, Lord Jesus. I cast my soul upon you. Save me. Forgive me for all my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. And by faith, I thank you that I have received you. I'm saved in Jesus' name. Man, if you just did that. The Bible says in Luke 15 that the angels in heaven are shouting and rejoicing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And if you just did that, we'd like to give you some materials, get you started right. You're a babe in Christ. You need some care now. If you will, just call the number. Somebody's waiting here to pray with you, 901-347-2000, 901-347-2000. Someone will talk to you right now. Get your name down, give you some materials free of charge. We won't charge you anything. And then if you'd like to text and you'd like that same information, text his beautiful name, the name above all names, the name of Jesus to a six-digit number, 901-901. Do that right now. I want to pray with you Christians right now. We have one more song that we'll worship the Lord with, and I'll come back and close. But you Christians, you need to get in the Word of God. Quit making excuses. you got time for all this other stuff. You'd better make time for the Word of God. I'm encouraging you, but I'm challenging you. Embrace Scripture in 2021. As for me and my house, as for you and your house, embrace the Word of God in 2021. No excuses. Pray something like this. Dear God, I will embrace your Word in 2021. And Lord, I pray the prayer of little Samuel. Speak to me, Lord. Your servant will be listening. In Jesus' name, amen.